We created you. Us. It was stupid. Fracked up decision. And we have paid for it. Which leads me to an inescapable conclusion that Cylons are, in the final analysis, little more than toasters with great looking legs. That, of course, came from the new Battlestar Galactica, not the old ones. Uh, hello, and welcome to episode 316 of Under the Call of MS. This is a normal Thursday. Comics and MS Health uh, podcast. Probably going to be a short one because I got to get my knees needled, get them injected, get, get them loosened up again. And I have a cat curled up on me. So that could be interesting. But the first comic we're going to talk about is Little Battlestar Galactica from Dynamite Comics. It's the mini characters of Starbuck, Apollo, and all them. All the different pilots dealing with the Cylons. There's a Cylon attack that happens. This is also this is done by Art and Franco from the Oh Yeah Comics group. So it's great family-friendly entertainment that you can share with your kids. Great nighttime read or whatever. So we get into the Cylons attacking. Cylons get on the ship. And it's like I like because they got Muffet, the little dog character on here too, of course. And when the Cylons attack the ship, the kids sit there and deal with the Cylons. The one kid finds a head and wants to keep it as a pet. One of the Cylons' heads. Uh, they pick on the Cylon commander and give him a hard time and mess with him. There's a puzzles and game section in the middle of the book where you can try a maze to connect the Cylon head with the right body. There's a name the planet puzzle thing. There's a find the real Cylon thing. There's a sculpted asteroids of Rushmore game you can play in there and some other information, uh, great information and stuff in the back. Uh, but yeah, it's just a fun look at the Cylons attacking the Battlestar Galactica crew and what they do with it, <clears throat> how they deal with it, the little little Battlestar Galactica characters. Then we checked out the Deadly Foes of Spider-Man. In here, you don't have, it's not like the Sinister Six, it's some other group of six characters or so. But it starts out with the Punisher... And, uh, uh, what the heck is the other character's name? He's, like, got electrical powers and, uh, Shocker. Yeah, the Shocker, I believe it is. But the Punisher, the Shocker, and Spider-Man fight it out. And... You think, okay, we're going to get to see the Punisher in here. And, of course, we don't. 
Instead, we get it goes into a story based off the Kingpin. Uh, and a variety of characters like Rhino and Boomerang. Which I was like really confused because isn't Boomerang DC Comics? And I assume this is the same Boomerang. We got Speed Demon in here. Uh, a girl whose husband was the ringmaster. I mean, Rhino, I like no matter what they do with him, so. I was very happy to have him part of the story. But they call themselves the Sinister Syndicate. And they're run by the Beetle. And it's just... This Layla girl's like the driver. She's playing it. Playing a storyline between a variety of characters... Because something happened to her boyfriend in the past. And it was affected by these Hydromans. One of the characters in here. That's uh, part of the Sinister Syndicate group. They rob a few things to try and pay off a bunch of stuff. Rhino wants to get his skin removed. He wants to do one last big gig. Make enough money to get his hide taken off his flesh. And he's got a scientist that's got a, something figured out to work for it. So they should, I don't think I even said the name of this. It's called The Deadly Foes of Spider-Man. It's a four-issue run from 1991 from Marvel Comics. Uh, Hydro-Man's pretty interesting. Uh, a couple times he's, he had the upper hand on Spider-Man pretty quick and easy. This group could have easily taken Spider-Man out a few times. I was surprised they didn't. My cat is laying here. I gotta check to see if he's even breathing. <laughs> it looks like he's all rigamortifist, all upside down, hanging all goofy off my arm. But yeah. Basically, the group forms together. Makes a deal to work with the Kingpin. Kingpin sets him up with jobs. Uh, but Kingpin has other things in mind, of course. He's always conniving away and setting up other things. Spider-Man's been trying to figure out what the heck's going on and trying to catch up with everybody and deal with them and catch, get them all caught. A few people get caught and thrown in jail or one or two or three right off the bat and they have to deal with their issues one has a mental breakdown that he has to figure out his problems or he's going to be a issue to the team the team separates at one point where we have a three-on-three -three matchup going on and of course spider-man keeps popping in and out so he ends up in between everything but but yeah, this crew could have easily taken Spider-Man down at any given moment, I think. I really want to know more about how does that work with Boomerang? Because this would have to be the same exact Boomerang that's in 
DC because he can use any type of item and turn it into a weapon and he's got all the same abilities and stuff. I don't know. I'm confused about that. I mean, at least Speed Demon has a lot of the same properties as the Flash. But he's a different character. So... I don't know which ones came first. So I don't know who to blame for copying who. And I'm just going to have to find out more about the Boomerang and see why, why he is part of this group and not on a DC comic book cover instead, since he is a DC character. But we'll find out. Someday, I'm sure, I'll talk to somebody about it. This is a nice four-issue run. Great little storyline. Lots of characters I like. A couple characters I never knew nothing about. That I learned more of. Such as the Beetle and the Ringmaster character. And I think this may eventually bring a couple new characters into the Marvel world later on after that point, I'm sure. But I don't know. I will find out when I read more things in the future, hopefully. We're going to leave the comic portion there. And it, like I said, I want to make this a short one today because there's a lot of stuff going on. So I figure we'll talk about a few quick health issue things and go from there. And we're going to start it off. With the annoyance of people trying to give us advice when we're chronically ill. It's like, just just leave us alone. Don't try and tell us how we feel, how you think we feel, how we can be cured because you know of something. It's like the other day I ran into Sendix grocery store and when I came out, there was an old couple walking alongside of me, and I was using my cane and walking all wonky by the time I came out of the store because I was all sore. I messed up because of the MS issues and my gait issues. The old lady's like, oh, do you have a knee injury? <laughs> Something go bad with your knee? It's like, my husband's got knee Lots of knee issues, too. I just looked there and said, no, it's just MS. I just got to deal with that. Of course, she made that one wonderful comment. Oh, good luck with that. I knew someone that used to have that, too. And you just want to grab her by the throat, shake her, and say, hey, <laughs> if you had it, you still got it, because there's no cure for it. <sighs> but as nice, kept smiling, just kept going, because she didn't say anything beyond that. If she would have said something stupid beyond that, it might have set me off. But I just lived with that. Smiled, said, have a good day, and walked on. Went on with my day. But it's like, 
some of the things people ask, like this person's therapist asked them, have they considered listing all the positive things happening in your life? <laughs> that's, that'll be beneficial for you. It's like, we don't need to hear about gratitude for the good in our life. We don't need to focus on things like that. Uh, we need to focus more on the downsides, uh, the impacts of the depression that can be caused by the disease instead of trying to just up amp, glorify and make everything better. Do that random smile and your day is great type thing. It's just that positivity culture just drives me nuts. And people that say, oh, it could be worse. It's like, yeah, it could be. I could be walking down the street completely on fire. I mean, there's lots of things that could be happening. But I didn't bring it up to you that I'm in pain. You asked me. You brought up the issues or whatever. I'm not one that'll throw it out there unless I'm dealing with something severe at the moment. And I can't control it or hide it emotionally. But we are emotional creatures capable of experiencing a wide range of feelings. So you got to watch out for that. But it's like you should focus on yourself and not worry about others. If they ask for help, if they ask for your opinion, then that's fine. But if we're putting on our happy face and trying to get through our day and you just see us make a weird movement or tip a little or have some type of thing, think we're drunk because we're tipping over, falling over, you think there's we're stupid because we can't cognitively speak the way we want to. Uh, you think uh, we got some type of mental disorder because of the way we act or talk. Uh, if we have slurs, we have forget things, we go off topic. It's just, there's just too many things people can say and do that. can ruin a person's day end up causing more stress and anxiety which can cause you to set off other issues along the way it's just best I like doing the fake smile and just keep going on uh, I don't need I need to try and not explain a disease after they try and tell me something positive about it that makes no sense at all. Uh, granted, some people should be schooled and learn a lesson. That's what podcasts and stuff 
pertaining to things that they should learn are out there, but if it's not part of your life, you're not going to learn about it. I mean, look back. Look at, okay, you got multiple sclerosis. Look back before your diagnosis. What did you know about multiple sclerosis then? How did you treat people that had multiple sclerosis? And I had to deal with people throughout the years uh, calling you lazy, uh, yelling at you to get up and keep running, uh, get off your ass and do more. People are just dicks. And they're all opinionated jackasses that think they know everything about the world. But I'd say just ignore it, smile, walk away. I like business cards that you can stick on vehicles and shit, especially for the morons that don't know how to park. Uh and for people that make comments, if you do use a handicap space and they're like, make a, you don't look handicap type reference, then figure out which vehicle's theirs and stick a card on it. Stick a card in the window that says, and you can get business cards printed up yourself or through a company with what, whatever you want to put on them and make yourself couple and there are cards you can buy that are pre-done up with a variety of sayings and things which are awesome i can't think of the companies to look for for them but they're out there if you look for them hard enough but you can put things explaining a little bit like hey i know my limitations to how much i can move and get around so i'm just putting myself closer to the store so i ain't wasting an extra 50 yards of walking that's going to end up making me drop halfway through the store where I'd like to get through the store with as little, as much pain as possible and as quickly as possible and then get out of there. I've got a handicap placard. I had it since 2014. And since 2014, I don't think I've used it 10 times. I'm not sure. I very rarely will use it unless I can't find a spot within about 20 car, uh, within about 10 car lengths of the handicapped spots. And uh, there's enough handicapped spots open that I'm not taking up the last one or anything like that. So, but I very rarely use it. But when I'm having a super bad day and I know it's going to be a long walk through a place or I'm at an event, you're damn right I'll use it. When I had to go down to the hospital and I had to park in a parking structure that all eight to ten levels of that freaking structure was packed full and I went looping around, looping around, I was not about to go from five levels up down to where I needed to to get to my doctor to go through my appointment. Because once I got in the freaking hospital, I still had to walk to the other side of the goddamn hospital. That's why you guys couldn't have your parking structures lined up so you're close to your uh, doctor that you're going to see. I was going all over the place, but 
that day I gave up and I took a handicap spot and I'm glad I did. And it's just, sometimes you just have to. They had some interesting stuff in the market out there that they're trying to play around with and test out. Uh, like a tongue stimulator that may help with our gait issues. The portable neuromodulation stimulator, the PONS, is a flat device about half the size of a credit card with electrodes on the end. It's placed on on the tongue and the stimulator sends a mild electrical current through the tongue as a pathway to the brain. The hope is that the electrical signals will increase the brain's neuroplasticity, its ability to rewire itself by to bypass damaged nerves and recreate connections by using other others, which is kind of interesting. And at least they got it small enough that it's not going to be overly annoying in the mouth, I assume. Hopefully it's thin. PONS isn't used all the time or when a, when a patient is alone. Rather, the treatment incorporates 20 minutes of brain stimulation into physical or occupational therapy along with cognitive exercises. It's hoped that the combination of therapy and stimulation will improve balance and gait in people with multiple sclerosis. I can see that. You're using it just with your physical and occupational therapy, so you're doing cognitive testing, you're doing physical testing, and that way it's going off while you're doing those things, and it will help uh, basically retrain your brain to at certain points when your body does a certain thing to actually do, do something to counteract it, and so you don't have certain gate gate issues but they got a lot of research to do on it and we'll see what it has to how it comes out in the future i guess see what if they've had any luck with it in the future see if we see it when we go to our therapist and if anything like that is out there and i'll talk to my therapist about it uh, and then our life can be messy because with limited mobility and stuff, you don't clean as much as you usually do and stuff like that. Uh, how we see the world shapes who we choose to be and sharing compelling experiences can frame the way we treat each other for the better. This is a powerful perspective. Uh, clean tasks take a lot of energy energy that we often don't have because we live with a chronic illness so energy is often limited so and you can also waste energy by feeling guilty about a mess but as long as your mess is your own organized mess i think you can accept it without having problems just make sure that mess doesn't get in the way of your walking areas where you have to move where you have to get to make sure you don't have stuff that's going to fall on you make sure that you don't have to 
And worry about critters all of a sudden appearing, stuff like that. I and mean, there's a point where the mess can get too out of hand. So I just keep it a controlled mess and something you can work with and around and isn't going to affect your life too badly. Uh, it is nice when you have a freshly cleaned apartment or house or area. It's just, it does make your life less stressful, anxiety-free. It's enjoyable seeing a fresh, cleaned area. But you can do a little bit at a time. You don't have to do it all at once. And just accept your messes. Deal with them, work around them, make sure they don't get in the way. And if it's shit you don't need, you don't use, if you haven't touched it in a couple months, if you're not thinking about it, whatever, Get rid of it. Why do you need it? If you can replace it for cheap, get rid of it. And if you do need it down the road, you can get it again. Pick up a fresh one. Who knows? By the time you would need it again, the stuff you have could be all rotted out and damaged anyways from sitting around and not being used. So it's there's no sense of piling stuff up if you're never going to use it. No, I watched the Alaskan shows, and it's like the one guy had a 19, what it, 1970s or early 80s pickup truck that he drove out to Alaska, and it's been sitting there for like 20 years in the trees, cleaned it up a little bit, fired up the, the thing, fired up within two tries, truck's still going. Now that was something that he had put, parked it back in the trees, in the brush, Ottered away, and when he decided he needed it, it was there, and he used it. Now there's other people that their yard, their driveways, ends up turning into a mini junkyard. And they just got vehicle after vehicle that's broken and damaged, just piling up. and They're just using all kinds of parts from them at one point and then they all of a sudden just don't use them anymore and they just sit there rusting away. Some become pet houses and stuff like that. Uh, it's nice to have stuff if you ever need it, but it's just going to be sitting there rotting away. Let someone else use it and down the road when you need something that would have just costed, that cost only a few bucks or whatever and it's something that you would have had if you would have left the vehicle sit there but yet it would have been a rusted item an older item a worn down item it's like just get rid of it sell it for scrap you make a little bit of cash and then down the road when you need something you can get it if you need it but just piling up vehicles in your yard it's just it's dumb if you don't have a salvage yard uh I can't talk too much. We got piles of shit everywhere. <laughs> so I'm trying to organize it the best I can, but it's kind of hard <laughs> when you don't have space to organize it with. So, but yeah, declutter your life with stuff you don't need and the stuff you do need if you're using it and it piles up a little bit. Oh, well, you're using it at least doesn't need to be locked away if you're actually going to get use out of it. And 
Some people like to stare at stagnant, plain white walls, nothing on them. I like to see stuff. I like to have stuff for my eye and mind to focus on and think about. Maybe give me some influences for drawing or whatever. But, yeah. Take that into consideration with your life. Don't be stressed out by trying to clean everything up and then not getting it done. And then you're worried about that and you got anxiety because of it. Just focus on what you can. Live your life. Live a happy life. Happy, healthy life. The best you can. Other than that, we're going to let it go here. I think we're good to go. I can't think of anything offhand. Other than China apparently made a mini version of the sun that's hotter than the regular sun. That Who knows what's going to happen with that in the near future. <laughs> uh, looking forward to really bright days, I guess. But that's it for today. Check out Crimson Color Comic Club. Check out Under the Cull, Under the Cull of MS. Keep up with us. Lots of other good things out there. We'll talk to you again soon. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Keep the monster at bay. And the podcast will be back to you again sometime soon. Be good.